that kind of period of time especially into your early 20s when you're in a long-term relationship you're, you're not really thinking about those things and you might not necessarily like to your point about those lines evolving you might not even know yet and I think that's when it can be a tr- that whole question of like do you grow together right. or do you grow apart like that can be a hard thing to navigate because you're only still get coming to terms with what your deal breakers are and what your standards are um and they as they evolve over time you might might you know you're with someone you're like "Mm, actually is this what i i've only known this to this point but is this what i want my the rest of my life to be welcome to the podcast is it normal i am your host Rachel, I am a certified coach and creator of Courageously You, which is where I help women who are feeling lost in their relationships to get clear about who they are so they can be the courageous decision makers in their lives. Is It Normal is the space where I interview guests, they share their stories and experience of their Is It Normal questions, and we have honest conversations about who we are in our relationships. Episodes come out every Tuesday, followed every Friday by a how-to guide to help you tackle the things that are stopping you from feeling yourself, being yourself, and feeling blooming marvellous about who you are in your relationship. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Is It Normal? I am your host, Rachel, as always, giving you a little preamble before we get into the conversation. Show notes for today's episode can be found on my website. This week, it's courageouslyyou.co.uk forward slash 18. That's the number 18. Now, today's episode, I am joined by three people, three of my gal pals, um, to have a conversation about, is it normal that these are my relationship deal breakers. There was actually so much that we chatted about, I've split it into two episodes. So I'm joined by the wonderful Kat and Ellie and Hannah today to talk about this topic. We cover deal breakers versus standards. Do we think there's really any difference there? What are they? We share what some of our deal breakers are, things like conversations about do we want kids or not, conflict, how we manage difficult conversations, how they've evolved over time. We take us through some of our early and slightly embarrassing relationship um, situations where we didn't really have our standards as high as we probably would have liked. And then we also discuss a, a little bit about dating apps and how they impact our criteria for desirable characteristics in another person. I loved chatting to the girls because we all have very different reference points when it comes to relationships. Some of us have been in many, some of us not so much, some of us are single, some of us are currently in one, some of them are looking. So very different perspectives to bring to the table when it comes to our standards and deal breakers in male-female romantic relationships. Here's our conversation. Okay, shall we just dive into our conversation? I feel, I feel, um... We'll see how this goes. I've never done a four-way before <laughs> in this manner. <laughs> this isn't an, an is it normal first. So uh, <laughs> we'll give it a go. Oh, good old um, four-way. Love it. Yeah, so welcome. Hi, everyone. Um, we, well, I guess there's a few reasons why we're going to chat today. We, um, oh God, I'm trying to think of a way to introduce it. <laughs> So today I have my friends on the show. Um, we we all met at work. We used to work together, um, but our friendship obviously spans 
spans beyond those times and um we've been away on holiday together we are now all most of us in different places although Kat and Ellie obviously live together now um but yeah we thought we we have these kind of chats and so we were like let's get together record it for the podcast and so I was going to ask each of you first of all because obviously four voices all at once who's who how are people tracking just to (laughs) say hello um introduce yourself and just give a bit of context about like your relationship experience because I know when we talked about this podcast we were saying like we all kind of have different backgrounds and things that we're bringing to the table so I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you Kat do you want to go first oh geez wow (laughs) all right um I'm Kat Snyder I'm a friend of Rachel's through work in terms of my relationship experience that sounds it sounds weird. It sounds like so a job experience. interview. I don't know. <laughs> my job experience. Um, the CV of my relationships. Um, <laughs> um, I guess just to contextualize like a bit about you. <laughs> yeah, so I am currently single. Um, I think in terms of my, my past experiences and, and relationships, um, I am one of those who's very, very slow to jump into relationships. Um, so they're very few and far between, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am. Thank you, Kat. Hello. Amazing. Uh, Hannah, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, I'm Hannah George. Also know Rachel through, we all know Rachel through work and each other through work. Um, I am currently in a relationship living with my boyfriend and this is like the first uh, serious long-term relationship that I've been in. Nice. And your Hannah's in Canada. The rest of us are in London. Yeah, I'm in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Fab. Ellie. Yep. So I'm Ellie. Um, I'm currently single, unable to mingle due to COVID. Um, kind of person who's always in and out of relationships, um, had a lot often kind of in the last five years, the kind of one year marks. Um, yeah. So I, I think kind of always looking for someone new would be my, my title line. Cool. Fab. Thank you. And, um, are you, I guess everyone knows me if you've listened to the podcast before, but I probably haven't shared my relationship experience if you will um so I I would kind of classify myself as a bit of a serial monogamer um I've had two significant long-term relationships of like four or five years and then like boyfriends before that when I was in was in high school but I've always kind of kind of just moved from one person to the next is probably is probably a very fair <laughs> fair way to describe that so um uh yeah and like learned over time what what those when I think about myself now compared to like 14 year old Rachel when I first got a boyfriend you know the experience of those relationship deal breakers has definitely evolved over that time so yeah I wanted to kind of start with thinking about why why are we discussing the topic today of relationship deal breakers and relationship standards I think like when we were discussing like what the theme we wanted for this podcast episode like I think this is something that when I think about the different conversations I've had with all of you regarding relationships, I feel like standard deal breakers come up, but in very different ways because we all have different uh, experiences. So I think like 
it will be interesting to hear the different perspectives today. Mm -hmm. I think to build on that, I think one thing I've noticed about conversations over the years is that I personally feel our lines and our deal breakers, as you call them, have changed and evolved and become more defined in areas, become yeah. less defined. So it's an interesting topic because it's also a checking, a check-in topic, kind of where do you stand with them now? Yeah, mm. and I think yeah, yeah. also, like, in terms of where you stand with them now, like, I, I was thinking about this in prep or, you know, just as, as we were um, thinking about the podcast, and thinking back to me and what my deal breakers, quote unquote, were when I was like 12 or like in middle school, those were, <laughs> I wish I had them written down because I feel like they would be good fun to, to rehash. Um, but surely those like are just so, so worlds apart from where I am now. And obviously that's through, you know, experience and just my own maturity and all that. But um, yeah, I'm, they, they do change, they do evolve. Um, and I think that's, yeah, just something important to think about. Mm. I'm interested then to hear what your guys like early relationship deal breakers were like back in the early days when you're just like in exploring the, you know, exploring relationships for the first time. Um, because I, when you said that cat, the thing that came up, from, it's, oh God, the thing that came up for me was like, if they liked me, you know, it was like my early, my early relationships were like, oh, they like me. Cool. We should prep, like, we'll go out now. And <laughs> that sounds so high school, which it was, but I feel like those relationships were so significant in me figuring out the stuff that I would and wouldn't put up with. And I think about some of the things now and I'm like, oh my God, like no way right now would I put up with being not even spoken to like that I don't think for my personal experiences of the people I was with but just like the classic stuff of not really knowing where you stand like nobody really communicating with each other some questionable like I once had a boyfriend when I was 15 and I remember standing outside the cinema we used to communicate pretty much purely through MSN yes that is excellent and, <laughs> yeah uh, we met when we met on Bebo <laughs> and <laughs> I stood outside the cinema after school and I had to travel into Lancaster from Morecambe. So like a 20 minute bus ride. I'm stood outside the cinema. He said that he would meet me there. I waited for like an hour. He never came. I didn't call him. I don't know why. I think I had his number, but because it was like we had an MSN relationship, I just didn't. Yeah, you don't talk over the phone. <laughs> no, and I was too scared. I was like, oh my God. And then I think eventually I got hold of him and I can't even remember what the excuse was but there was no apology it was just like oh I didn't come and I was just like okay like what what like how did that <laughs> how was that all right like my boundaries back then were just so non-existent I think <laughs> so yeah what 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 were your like early deal breakers I was going to say I think I think what you just said is a very good point when you're young I think your your lines your deal breakers are almost on yourself like, I didn't know what I expected from men. I didn't know what was okay for boys to do. But I knew what guys had told me that Jane did that wasn't cool. And I was determined never to be like Jane. So I knew where my lines were. But if you ask me, kind of, Ellie, what would you not accept from these boys? I'd probably have been like, um, I want a boy who appreciates me. Did I understand what that meant? Probably not. But that probably is the kind of thing I would have said. And in all honesty, my lines would have probably been like, I want to not be naggy. I want to be cool and, like, laid back. Would have been yes. 
so true like that I think like we focus like when we're young so much on like the standards of like what we should be as a woman as a girlfriend and like who we are in relation to them yeah Mm -hmm. and some of the things I think about are just felt very hypothetical like you 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 didn't have enough experience at that point so it's like I want yeah I want him to appreciate me but you don't you don't really have that sense of what that actually looks like in real life um so Mm. yeah it just it all kind of felt very un unreal kind of at the moment Mm. yeah I think when you're younger like you end up like in conversations with your friends talking about all the things that you're never going to put up with while like secretly putting up with like 10 times worse than that (laughs) so true it's like what you know you probably shouldn't put up with and then yeah it's so interesting what you said Ellie about like your almost your self deal breakers because I definitely had that experience of like who do I need to be like I want to be cool I don't want to be naggy yeah it's interesting that um we kind of put that on ourselves I think I think your lines evolved to be honest through experience so as I saw my friends in relationships I kind of went wow how is she how is she accepting that that looks awful that does not look like fun there was a line and then there was things of you know your own life you kind of look back you're never noticing them at the time some people do and that's great on them I think most of my lines evolved retrospectively you look back and go oh my god I can't believe I thought that was okay that's so not okay I'm definitely not doing that again and you know sometimes Mm -hmm. that merges into the word baggage but as long as you're able to kind of reflect on it I think it does stand as a line. Do you think it makes it harder to find relationships because you're you're collecting those deal breakers as you go? I think like I don't know if this is like maybe where my experience differs a bit but I think like I didn't really know what I wanted so it was really difficult to actually have like solid deal breakers and so like even sometimes like when you start dating somebody and you know it doesn't quite feel right I would then end up like listening to friends that are like oh well just go on a second or third date because you never know and you need to give them a chance but you know in your gut that it's not there's something not quite right there but I think like that's something that's like evolved for me is like rather than just kind of understanding what I didn't want is actually starting to understand more what I actually did want and was looking for. Mm, yeah I think I remember talking about that with you Hannah actually like a few years ago when you were kind of like mm-hmm. doubting you probably knew within yourself what what you did and didn't want but you were like do I like people just some people just seem to like really easily just be like yeah that person and go with the flow of it yeah exactly and I think like that was something where I was really like I don't know how people just like go on a date with one person and then they're in a relationship but I was like I could go through 50 people and say no to all of them mm-hmm. so then you start thinking like do I just have like abnormal standards can I not make like proper connections with people so you start like doubting yourself and I still don't really know whether like my experience is normal or not Mm -hmm. but I suppose that is the question of like what does normal even mean in this context or like generally right that's the whole thing with normal it's like is if that's normal for you and if you found something that because I assume like right now when you're you're in a relationship because that is somebody that you've gone actually no I I do know how I feel about this person yeah and I think like the unique thing for me that like I've shared with you guys before but how I met my boyfriend was on a trip where I didn't know anybody else so 
I think it gave me more confidence that I wasn't like, yes, I do like this person. And it wasn't like other people influencing me to give it a go. Like I was able to actually like trust my own instincts a lot more. Yeah, I think that's a big one. I think um, I think that sometimes we do kind of, we feel something and we're pretty sure it's right. But then we, we you know, echo chamber with our friends and they kind of, instead of bringing that back to us, they say, oh, come on, you know, you've only gone on two dates. Like, do you even really know him? Like, you know, stop just dismissing people before you've heard them out. And then you kind of go, oh, maybe, maybe I am being too rigid. Maybe my lines are too hard. Let's just push those yeah. away for a while and step outside my comfort zone a bit. And then I would say 95% of the time you go, no, no, I was 100% right. Yeah. I should have saved my lines. <laughs> I think that just right. goes back to kind of the it's such a cliche but like trusting your gut is really important and like I think the more that I even outside of relationships outside you know like in everything when it comes to jobs when it comes to life um just being able to say no actually this is this is kind of what I I think and feel and and just go with it um Mm-hmm. Because you can you can always kind of self-doubt your way through so much and, and yeah, listen to other other things that come in. But at the end of the day, your gut is actually pretty good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same it time, knows you pretty well. yeah, no, exactly. It knows you really well. And at the same time, I do think it's a, ba- it's a, it's, it's, it's a juggling act because there is the word baggage. Right. And sometimes you do find that voice in your head saying, I took this before. I'm not going to take it again. But whoa, 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 this person's only done, you know, some tiny little thing and they've only done it once, but you're putting it in the same box as you, yeah. Yeah, as your last partner who did it a million times. <laughs> and you find yourself being like, right, that's it. You're not doing this again. You're like, wait, 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 they haven't. They haven't. Different person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't lay John's problems and, you know, John's errors onto this new boy. Like you just can't do that. It's not okay. Right. So it is a, it's a balancing act. What's my gut and what's an auto reaction? What's almost a little bit of PTSD from my last, you know, um, relationship with whomever. So you do have yeah. to slightly kind of stop and question your gut and ask yourself, is it your gut or is it actually a jerk reaction to be like, no, 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 not again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I kind of feel like there's probably two pieces here because we're talking about deal breakers, but then I almost think there's like standards and deal breakers, right? There's like yeah. standards when you're looking for a relationship or you're new into a relationship and you're trying to make sense of what you really want. And then there's deal breakers either early on or during a relationship where you're like, actually, no, this is, I don't want to be with this person if there's this aspect to them yeah that's so true I think like to make that distinction because I think like we're hovering over both um Mm. and I think like standards is something that probably is like continuously evolving especially with like hinge bumble tinder because like I would love to know like what people set as their criteria on that because I feel like some I don't know like I I think like you get into this like sense of like oh I have a million people to choose from and I'm only going to select like the most (laughs) elite person like Mm -hmm. and when like what you think about like categorize of like elite person whether it be like their job status or like how they look what hobbies they do what music they listen to stuff like that but I found personally for me like it was such a like demoralizing experience and often like you end up focusing on things which aren't actually really important to you when you think about it it's more like I guess like what the app considered to be like a standard or a deal breaker for most people right do you think it sort of becomes a a checklist yeah like 
if you if we sat here now like what type of qualities or things like do you want in a person like I don't know that I have the same criteria as if like I'm going through like hinge or tinder or something like I would not have the same mindset Mm -hmm. I think you're just like because you're making like instant judgments about people like literally within seconds um so I think it gives you license to be like a lot more critical and almost have like much higher standards than you would if you'd met that person in real life and had learned those three facts about them in real life yeah I think that's such a good point like I you know I always hear people joke about um height like on him yes. height is like the biggest conversation like oh my god they're only five eight five five whatever it is you know but when you meet you know Jeremy at work whoever it is how often do you say to your friends, oh, you know, he's a bit on the shorter side as the first thing you say? You might be like, he's mm. really funny. You don't say things like, oh, he's a bit short and he doesn't have enough money and his job isn't quite high status enough. But that is what you immediately <laughs> think on Hinge. It's so true about height. Do they have a filter for that yet? They, they must. Oh, they must. Do yeah. They? Do you imagine if you met someone at work and you like got your measuring tape? Oh, okay, <laughs> hold on a sec. Let me just... <laughs> But I think that's, yeah, that's, that's nuts. And I've never, so I've never been single when dating apps were a thing. Like oh. when I was at uni, I don't think so anyway, because I was only single for a year at uni and I think Grindr was quite popular at that point, but like Tinder wasn't really hip and happening yet. Oh my God, this makes me feel really old. I'm not even that old. I did set up like a Plenty of Fish profile, I think, at one point. Um, and then me and my friends set it up because we were like, maybe we're ready for boyfriends now. And then the next day we were like, oh no, no, I'm going to take it down. But yeah, so I've never been existed in that world of like online dating. But I always, I've always thought that like there's something about being in the presence of somebody else where you just get a sense for them. Like you can, I could look at someone on paper and think, you're attractive or you're not attractive but then when you meet them the way that they move and like hold themselves I think speaks a lot to that so I've always just thought it was so yeah I found it fascinating to think about how do you judge that on a on an app yeah I think mannerisms are everything I think we all know that you know the guy you thought was the cutest in a group like I remember this when I was young you'd see a group and you'd be like that one number two he's the best looking but then they'd start talking <laughs> and one of them would be really yeah. yeah and suddenly you were like no number two is horrible I love number four like yeah yeah it's all about yeah, that yeah but um, it's really funny that we were kind of talking about your lines being more through through kind of dating apps and, and on paper than it is in real life. And I would say that I've actually seen some very, very successful relationships come from, from Hinge and such. So Me too, yeah. So is that because we get to know ourselves so well? As, so maybe it's an older thing I don't know but maybe it's that we get to know ourselves so well that actually there are a few points that we probably could put on paper you know obviously mannerisms and all those will always affect this but we could probably give like five points that are pretty darn important to us maybe not a hard line but a bit of a kind of flexible line so that we can do things like inch and go through and be like no matter what you know your mannerisms are like you're probably always going to be a no and vice versa yeah that's interesting because I think I sometimes feel like I have the flip experience to what Hannah was talking about, where when you're thinking about your standards, I think I've always found it 
easy to like people, like easy to just connect and go, oh, maybe this is there's some potential here. But then the problem with that is if you're not clear on what your your ultimate standards are or what you actually want out of a relationship, you can find yourself in situations where you're like, actually, this isn't this isn't what I want in my life, like long term. But it's to what you've just said, Ellie, if you're not conscious of it and you don't make time to understand it, then I feel like you're not really moving into a relationship very aware. For the benefit of the benefit of the listeners, um, we have got we've all got ourselves a glass of wine just to relax into this because um, (laughs) it's this is probably the first like no it's not the first all four of us together on a Zoom call is it no just just not in this format but also for the benefit of the listeners we all would have these meetings at what was it Friday Friday four o'clock it Mm -hmm. was something like that. There would typically be a glass of wine at those very, very effective product meetings where we would hash out all of life's issues, both work and personal. Yeah, yeah, those were. were And that was part of the inspiration for the podcast. I remember saying to you guys, I'm going to have a podcast. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) I remember at the time we were like laughing, like what a lofty idea. Like, can you believe do you think I'll actually do it <laughs> cool so relationship deal breakers relationship standards um I was thinking of like dividing the two a bit because I think to, as to what we've said there's kind of two parts to it so I wanted to talk through maybe some of the the deal breaker stuff and then maybe some of the standard stuff because I feel like the standards are kind of easier to question and have that sense of like am I expecting too much should this be a standard so deal breakers, throw them at me. In your life right now, what what is something that if a person you were in a relationship did, you would be like, nah. Oh, so I have this like with I think like all relationships in my life, but if I was having a disagreement with someone and somebody started like shouting and swearing and calling me names, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, I that is a deal breaker for me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, communication. If you can't have structured communication, yeah. even when it's emotional communication, then what do you have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that one. I've been watching Love... Um, I say Love Island. It's basically Love Island. Married at First Sight Australia. Mm. We've been oh. binge watching that in the house. We're kind of a, we're kind of in a place of anger about it because it's so convoluted. Like, if they edited out all of the schwaffle it would probably be a 15 minute episode, but they just make it all dramatic. And there's a portion in that where <laughs> one of them's like bearing her soul about her childhood and, you know, trying to open up and connect. And he just goes, I mean, you, like you're not getting to the, to the point quick enough. Like I'm not your therapist. This isn't therapy. And I watched that and I was like, if somebody said that to me, I'd be fucking fuming. Like yeah. how can you have a conversation with someone? Like that for me, that element of being dismissed is like, oh this ain't gonna work yeah if they reject your conversation like that if they reject what you're speaking about then I just wouldn't speak to them yeah no no 100% Kat what about you I think a deal breaker of mine and this might kind of reflect my Americanness is in terms of like being able to change and grow and and some of this is like 
even being able to just go to therapy, that being one thing, that's that for me is like actually a deal breaker. And I know that that's actually a really, it feels like a really big ask, but it's actually, I want to be able to know that someone that I'm with is willing to work through any issues we might have. Cause I think mm. in terms of the baggage kind of going back to what Ellie was saying, everyone has baggage and even just like dating in your thirties, it feels like there's more and more and more every single time you're with someone. And if there's just not that ability to be working on whatever it is that is your baggage, cause I bring baggage with me. Like I'm not saying that it's their baggage, our baggage, I guess. If they're not willing to work through our baggage, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a good point. I think everyone talks about red flags, but I we all know that we're like, oh, that's such a red flag. And then they're like, do you want to go on a date? You're like, yeah, sounds great. So a real red flag for me would be, I will always embrace your red flags and be like, let's work through them. Let's get over them. Kind of why have you got them? Let's talk about that. Let's see if there's something I can do to make them better or, you know, we can do. But if they can't have that conversation, if they can't see that as an option, then we have nothing to do together. This can go nowhere. So yeah, it's all about Mm. what can we do together to become a better us. And if you won't allow that conversation, then there is no us. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is like a controversial one. Um, So I'm going to like phrase it delicately, um, but politics in some sense. Like, oh, I, outside yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's like not just like specifically like if somebody like voted for a different party or had like slightly different views, but I think if you have like really fundamental different views about that, like you're gonna have a lot of arguments. Well, and I think uh, for for that, I mean, I totally agree with you, Hannah. But like, I think for like some of that is like worldview like that yeah exactly you know I mean obviously I mean to be very honest they have to be a voter like (laughs) that that for me is like a bare minimum but at the at the same time it really is about how they see the world how they approach the world um how they see change happening in the world and what what they want to be a part of that um and yeah that because I mean especially if you're thinking oh this is someone that I want to build a family with that's going to be a really really important thing that you do need to have is is those kind of shared values shared Mm. like worldview so I don't think it I mean yeah yeah I definitely agree (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's a massive one I um I recently went on a date with Guy and he I basically expressed a view that I've always wanted to adopt like it's a dream of mine it might never happen but I'd love that and he outright blank said I want little me's in the world I want to see little me's running around everywhere I wouldn't want to adopt that would make me really sad that I wouldn't be able to achieve in the way I want to achieve and I was like whoa I can't believe you just said adoption is not achieving and two how narcissistic that your wish for children is to see mini you's in the world and I was like well this was lovely getting to know you but I'm out take care Mm. well that's a good point because especially like you've got you obviously have your deal breaker but I mean on the flip side we're all dealing with other people's deal breakers as well I mean needing to have little children running around with the world is his is you know that's a line for him um obviously Mm. I I think it's a bit but kids is a huge deal breaker yeah Mm -hmm. in itself I think like 
it's something that I think when you're younger, it's really easy to overlook and just always think the other person will change their mind. Mm. But yeah, I think that's a huge one. Yeah, mm. I totally, I didn't even realize kids were such, I, you know, I, I'm still, I want to have kids, but no time soon, that kind of thing. But I was on Hinge the other day and a guy came up and I was like, oh, good looking, good age, like good height, obviously, you know, good job, brilliant, brilliant. And then I went along and it said, don't have kids. And I was like, okay. And then the next one said, don't want kids. Mm. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't want them to such an extent. You've actually advertised that optionally. And immediately, no debate, no, gone. Mm, yeah. Absolutely no second thought. So I didn't realize it was a line until I saw somebody willing to go out their way to say it's a hard line for them. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that's actually probably a good example of where the dating apps are quite handy because you know all of that up front. And I I imagine for people that don't want kids, it's probably a little bit harder finding other people that don't want kids. And so they see that up front and they're like, cool, that's an option. That's an option. Mm. So true. And I think I find it surprising the amount of people that like you hear stories where people are together three, four, five years and then they find out that one of them doesn't want kids. And it's like, whoo. Ooh, you're you're really far down the line here. Like that would have been helpful to have it have that chat a bit sooner. But right. do we think that's always because they've always felt that way, or is that lines developing? This person well, didn't know. Like, people aren't super upfront about that as a deal breaker. Like I think you could say, like, I'm not sure that I want kids now. Um, and I think like there's a lot of effort that probably is going in to preserve the relationship. So people don't want to present this as like, unless you change your mind, this relationship is over. Mm-hmm. So it's just become something that you avoid talking about until I yeah. guess it kind of gets to the point where it's too late. Yeah, that's true. So in terms of like, for me, it's, it's one of those things that because for me, for physical reasons, I can't have children. And when I was, ah, this must've been early 20s um I was dating someone and that was a deal breaker for him it was you know why we broke up um and I think for me then that became okay maybe this is something that I need to say a bit earlier on in the conversation obviously it's a bit different because it's not so much a a choice thing but rather a like actual practicality but Mm. I do think it is really helpful to just say even you know first couple dates like this is what I want this is where I am this is how I see my life going and you know it may or may not have kids um they would be adopted if that's the case um but sometimes being upfront about it can be really helpful to be able to kind of weed out some of the stuff Mm. yeah such a good point and I think that like it's I think it's something that like it's great to be upfront about if you can but I imagine like having those conversations on the first few dates is like very difficult to bring up yeah it might be quite overwhelming it is but uh, I don't know maybe for me it's just not because I'm just kind of like this is how it is you know Mm -hmm. um it kind of makes it easier in the end I think what can be Um, hard though is when you're and I think about this from my experience of like being with someone from the age of 16 to 20 and then 21 to 26 is that kind of period of time especially into your early 20s when you're in a long-term relationship you're you're not really thinking about those things and you might not necessarily like to your point about those lines evolving you might not even know yet and I think that's when it can be that whole question of like do you grow together or do you grow apart like that can be a hard thing to navigate because you're only still get coming to terms with what your deal breakers are and what your standards are um and they as they evolve over time you might might you know you're with someone you're like "Mm, actually 
is this what I, I've only known this to this point, but is this what I want my, the rest of my life to be? And sometimes it isn't, it isn't what you want. I mean, that's such a good point. I have always kind of questioned the, the, my line when it comes to who likes who more. So I've tried the relationship where you like them more because then you have a lot of passion for them. You're willing to do whatever the relationship needs because you care about them so much. But there was, <clears throat> you know, there was, there was two sides to how much he liked me and how much I liked him. So then I went, okay, so you always do this. You always go for the men you like more. Let's flip reverse it. So I went for the guy who liked me more. And I really tried to be like, be grateful. Enjoy the fact that he'd do anything for you. Look how wonderful he is. He's everything on paper you'd want in a boyfriend. And it's only now that, and I'd, I'd be so surprised if in five years time I say to you, this line has moved. I have now decided I am darn well going to hold back, be single and do me until I find someone who likes me as much as I like them and who I like as much as they like me. It has to be middle and I don't want yeah. to settle either way. There's this attitude sometimes of be grateful that someone likes yeah. you. Mm. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. He's a lovely man and he likes you. Or oh, look yeah. at you being picky saying, no, it's not about that. It's about that middle line. And I am just going to stand firm on that ground until I find Woo! So good. Yeah. So good. Yes. I think, like, Ellie, you bring up, like, a good point around, like, I think, like, I don't know, like, almost, like, not games that people play, but it's, like, almost, like, tactics that you have to have and, like, real practical consider- considerations that go into actual, like, very emotional experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I know, like, personally, I've thought through the same things, like, years ago about like you should always pick somebody that you like more than they like you and you should protect yourself and yeah so advice that I think like can be helpful maybe when you're younger and you've been through heartbreak but it's not necessarily great I think it's a hard line to draw and I think that we all struggle because also I think the other thing you have to consider here is sometimes in a long-term relationship there are periods where you care for him more, where he cares for you more, where he's really annoying you for like three months in a, in a row. like that. But that's just small fluctuation. As long as the baseline is that you both think the world of each other and you both want to make the other one happy more than you care about making yourself happy at times, obviously you matter, then that's what it's fundamentally about. And I agree, mm-hmm. young Ellie would have had no idea about that. Mm-mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that to that idea of like almost playing games with it or it being a strategy when I think back to the relationships that I've had where like I think I've always been I find it so tough to discuss this in terms of like how much I feel like I've been myself in relationships because it's like I don't think I was ever actively not being myself I was still me but I would say the ones where I felt like there was completely no tactic and it was completely just me being myself are the ones where I was we were friends first because you don't have that I don't know what you call it you don't have that initial period where you're trying to like test the waters of how much of you is acceptable you've just got this baseline because you've just been like this is me this is everything you like everything about me and it kind of is easier I think sometimes to grow from that and then not not need to kind of be tactical I suppose yeah definitely I think that relationships that grow from friendships you're right like I don't think people go into friendships very often thinking like oh I have to hide these parts of me Mm -hmm. um for a few months like it's yeah it's a strange thing it's lovely like I think you know I used to think oh you shouldn't you shouldn't have to make your boyfriends live up to the standards of your friends which is weird because you probably spend more time with your partner sometimes than your individual friends 
but actually it was you Hannah once upon a time when we were in the Cotswolds we we were at the end of our holiday and we came back and we're all like gone to our rooms to relax for a bit and Hannah gets on the phone to Evan and they chat like it, it's me and Hannah like it's Hannah and her bestie like all the gossip all the giggles all the oh my god no she didn't all of that kind of stuff <laughs> and by the end I was as much engaged in the conversation as Hannah was like it was truly there was no kind of how are you dear oh how are you dear oh that's nice dear it was genuinely gossip and giggles the whole way through and that's a, mm. that, and, and you didn't even know each other before you kind of well you kind of did you know you traveled together but you weren't yeah, friends for years like- no, no, no. But I think like the how we got to know each other in those initial like first few days was from like a friendship perspective. Like I don't think either of us went into it like I'm going to try and get with this person. So mm. I do, I do consider at least that there was a friendship there, like as a foundation before we then like took the next step. Mm. So it was just about I can't remember if it was Ellie or you or maybe Cat, but like talking about like the fluctuations of like. Um, in a relationship yeah exactly and I think like one of the things that like I've always kind of have kept well at least I kept in mind like the beginning of the relationship was just if this thing that seems to annoy me right now if that's still happening a year from now am I going to be happy and content like if this person never changes that and I think like that allowed me to really think about what is really a deal breaker and what is just something that you just have to accept about people because nobody's perfect and neither are you Mm. I love that I think that would lead us back to Kat's conversation I would actually be honest with them okay look can we talk about this you've done this four times now obviously I'd be able to name each individual date and time they did it and then I say (laughs) what can we do about this where can we go with this like I'm sure I annoy you so take this take advantage of this moment and tell me what you need me to work on Mm. but you have to work on this and if they say look no offense I think you're being a bit melodramatic that's not really a thing and they didn't listen to the fact that for me it's a thing then yeah agreed with you and it probably means in a year's time I'm going to hate them for it. Yeah. 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 I I agree. I think just having the conversation, I think this is this is typically how I approach most relationships. It's just being massively upfront and and like you say, sometimes it's super intense and people can't handle it. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's not wasted because you're just you're able to hash it out. You're able to put it out in the open. And um, yeah, how they respond is actually a huge indication Mm. of how they handle conflict. Yeah. How they respond is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you say like sometimes they find that, oh, my God, this is so intense, then maybe they're not not, not the person for you. Yeah. For me. It weeds it out um, pretty, pretty easily. And I think that's such an important point for people to like, like stand in their confidence to have those conversations up front, because it's only now that I'm learning that that sets the precedent for the entire relationship. Like if in those first few months, the first few years, you're not bringing up the stuff that you're struggling with or that isn't working and not even from a like, oh, I'm holding it all in and it's going to come out one day, just in like getting into the routine of like that's how you communicate and that's how you have conflict it really just just set the rest of the the rest of the scene yeah I I agree with that so on that kind of intense convo I recently had a relationship um where I really really liked him and I was like right for me you're the kind of man I could see myself marrying um and basically we ended not because of this but you know I basically said to him 
one day I've said, look, I've noticed recently you've stopped putting effort in, you've stopped, you know, putting time into helping us progress, which means we're never going to get better, we're never going to develop, we're never going to go somewhere unless you kind of, because I, I can't carry us on my own. And he came back to me a, a few days later and he said, look, I've, I've you know, because I brought it up again, kind of, have you thought about what I said? And he said, I have thought about what you said and I realised you're right. And I questioned myself, why am I not putting the effort in? And then I said to myself, is it actually because I don't like you enough to put that much effort in? And then he said, and then I thought about it for a few days and I've realised, yeah, that's the problem. I actually, when I delve down into it, don't care about you enough to put that level of effort in. And thus he broke up with me. And I found mm. myself afterwards going, oh, if only you hadn't have said that. If only you just smiled sweetly and said, you know, what do you want for dessert? But then I thought to myself, no, if you... You have to be able to just say it like it is. Otherwise, you're just waiting for like things to fall apart. They're going to come. It's, it, it, you can't just spend a whole relationship teetering on the edge, trying not to yeah. fall over. Yes, you mm, can't. Absolutely. Like, Good for you for having hear. that conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so painful, but so important. And like, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it, huge. Well done. For yeah. Not being afraid to do that. But I think like another thing is being able to talk about things that maybe you want to change in the relationship, but like creating a feeling of safety within the mm. relationship. So saying like, just because I'm asking you to do this or you're asking me to do that or having a conflict doesn't mean that this relationship is a risk of ending. Yeah, I think sometimes that can be hard when we think about the like baggage aspect, because some people haven't grown up with the safety of those relationships so they don't yeah. know what it looks like to for conflict to not be like volatile and yeah. then I think as a partner you then have to like m manage that together I was going to say a, a friend said that to me the other day and she said it's the weirdest thing but just in a relationship sometimes she just needs them to say by the way this isn't a biggie like you know we're still safe we're still good and then carry on going but what you did really annoyed me and she just needs that little mm -hmm. word to go okay cool this is just a normal everyday kind mm -hmm. of oh you're so annoying it's not a big yeah. deal yeah yeah I think like it's that setting that foundation of like that the love should be something that is constant but like how you communicate how you are as people is going to flux and is going to change and you can continue to navigate that together mm -hmm. I think and I think that's the same in like romantic relationships as well as like uh just any old relationship uh, in that like being able to have difficult conversations while still knowing that you know at the end of the day you're still going to be good friends and it's not gonna it's not gonna impact it I think that's the only way that you actually can have those challenging conversations that that in the end always are the the conversations that help you grow they're the the ones that like they might be difficult but they often are the sometimes really good conversations mm -hmm. so yeah I'll be honest since me and George have settled into just like relationship life I kind of miss those early days when you're like conflicting about something not enough to like cause conflict but you know just like when you're getting to know each other and you're like ah oh, it's really pissed me off that you did this and then you have it out and you have a really constructive conversation you're like yeah okay we got this maybe I'll go away and cause a bit of drama we'll see <laughs> <laughs> funny you say that because I was listening to a podcast the other day and this girl said on it she said once in a while when a relationship gets a bit dull she just throws in a bit of drama she was looking and be like what are you looking at what what, what's your problem why are you doing that just out of the blue and it just froze him he doesn't quite know what's going on and she's like yeah there you go you're awake you're back on it we're back in the game 
it's great. <laughs> Gotta keep it fresh. Anything else on deal breakers? I do this we might end up spiraling off into a massive chat but I do have a que- I have a question about cheating as a deal breaker. Oh, this is a really good one. That is all for today's episode. I know so sneaky of me to hit you with a cliffhanger there. <laughs> but the cheating conversation is a big one. So I'll be releasing that next week as normal. Come back to hear more about our differing views on whether cheating is a deal breaker for us. And also we discuss not deal breakers, but standards that we want from our relationships and whether we can allow ourselves for ask, to ask for things in our partners that make us feel like we're being a bit picky or a bit choosy or is it too much or is it enough? So I'll be covering all that next week. See you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>